1: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
2: Good morning and welcome to another edition of Better Living, a show about people and organizations that make an impact around Dallas-Fort Worth. I'm your host, Chris Arnold of 105.3 The Fan, and our very first Guest is a very good friend, Mr. Charles English, the CEO of the Boys and Girls Club of Greater Dallas. How you doing, Charles?
3: Hey, I'm doing great, Chris. Hope the same with you.
2: Everything is fine, and we're starting the new year off in a wonderful way. I just want to know how things are going with you and the Boys and Girls Club of Greater Dallas before we discuss what's coming up in 2022.
3: Well, you know, Chris, last time I had the uh, honor of uh, visiting with you and your questions uh, basically was, about my background and what my motivation was to to leave my world of investment banking into the world of investing in our youth. And yes. so I am clocking in at 15 and a half years.
2: Look out since
3: that, since that commitment. And 2021. Let's go back just a, a year before then. Let's go back to March of 2020. Sure. your question, how was 20? How was last year? Let's go back and say. 2021 was a ditto of 2020 when it comes to how we had to address the um the pandemic Mm -hmm. we um met it head on we um looked at all the protocols we looked at um, keeping up with information from the uh, cdc as well as uh, the local um, schools districts and what they were doing to protect our youth and we made a major investment in uh, uh, protecting our staff, our kids, our visitors, uh, and we kept our clubs open and going forward. And uh, here's the good news. 2020 as well as 2021, we did not lay off one staff. We even paid them when we had an incident of a positive exposure in some of our clubs. We continued to pay.
2: That is fantastic because a lot of people, unfortunately, they were either downsized or they were furloughed And that is great that the boys and girls clubs of Dallas, of Greater Dallas, were able to step out. How are you able to do this? Because I know the margins were very close. Well, you know, Chris,
3: you know, I came out of of the private sector, and they taught us about time management. They taught taught us about effectively managing your resources and your cash. And so, almost four years ago, we started um, a goal of establishing at least a six-month operating reserve of our cash. And so when the pandemic hit, we knew that we were going to, we, we had to invest in um, uh, all the remedies uh, to protect our kids, um, the mask, the disinfectants, the wash stations, you name it. And so we made that investment uh, right in the outset. We were able to keep our staff because we were fortunate to get uh, the pay- paycheck protection plan from the SBA, and they approved us at somewhere close to eight hundred thousand dollars. and we were able to use that money to retain um, all of our full-time staff and then uh, as well as our part-time staff. and that was uh, that, that was an incredible um, strategy to put in place to reserve and preserve our operating uh, capital reserve. And so that allowed us to continue to grow. Our auditor said that uh, we were uh, against the uh, grain of what they experienced with many of the nonprofits who really were struggling to get cash uh, in the door and, and losing some of their support base because they weren't able to have events because of uh, COVID. And uh, we went virtual. We went virtual with uh, a lot of our programs and with a lot of our events. And that that helped us to maintain our brand and our relevancy when it came to, uh, to our education uh, foundation, our education format with uh, DISD.
2: I'm going to give you your props because a lot of people don't understand the role you guys play. But I want to say this. That's not about, you know, the Boys and Girls Club of Greater Dallas being fortunate. That's called preparation meeting opportunity. You were prepared knowing that anything could happen, but not necessarily a pandemic, but you're prepared for the good times and the bad. Therefore, when the opportunity existed, you were in place and therefore you were able to sustain what you've got going on. Let me give you more props because a lot of people and probably until the pandemic hit may not have understood the significant role that the boys and girls club plays. In fact, you know, when the pandemic hit, a lot of people were stuck at home um, with their families and and some of them couldn't handle all that. You know, maybe the apartment wasn't big enough or the home wasn't big enough and a lot of people uh, were getting on each other's nerves and there were the kids. When it used to be the kids could go to the Boys and Girls Club or they could go someplace to, to play or to learn or not be under the feet of parents who are working from home. Can you talk about how... That I, I guess the feedback came as you guys were were there for the families.
3: Oh, absolutely, and Chris, you're spot on with you know, with with, uh, with your bringing in uh, the relevance of our mission. Our mm-hmm. mission is to help all young people reach their full potential and uh, help them to become productive, caring, and, and responsible citizens. And it starts at the home. And many of the uh, members of our kids, uh, members of our club, coming from what I consider uh, significantly underserved communities of technology. And so we wanted to make sure that as these kids were trying to get into the uh, uh, virtual learning uh, systems of, of the schools, mm-hmm. that we were able to also meet them in the after-school space by allowing them to plug into our Zoom calls uh, so that uh, they could have continued help in terms of tutoring them because one of the things that we know is impacting the lives of our families the frontline workers they have to go to work yes they have to go in the health uh, in the health and human services area in the uh, hospitality industry those folks hourly paid they had to go to work so what's going to happen with the kids well we were able to get kids into the traditional club but when the school closed down these kids are at home right. so we were able to uh, distribute food to the homes we were able to have um, what I call certified tutors in reading and math to continue to stay in touch with the kids so that the gap that existed in terms of the learning gap, particularly with kids of color, already existed prior to the pandemic. It only became widened during the pandemic. And so our role is to be part of the partnership of DISD, Dallas Independent School District, to uh, avoid learning loss. All statistics I've looked at and research that I've read said that during this pandemic, these year and a half, 18 months, there is a potential of kids of color losing nine months of learning loss. Wow. Now, can you fast forward that and the traje- trajectory that that puts that kid on? They will be behind and not graduate on time or they will graduate without a plan to go beyond high school. And so we stepped up our virtual learning with our college prep program, <laughs> Excuse me. reaching out to those members who are in our college prep program at home mm-hmm. and keeping them in a virtual uh, world of keeping in touch with our tutors, with, uh, helping them with their uh, SAT preparation, uh, their career exploration. And so right now we have 140 teams that stayed with us. And now come May, we will have a virtual graduation of about 90 students who will be on their way to college with scholarships.
2: That is fantastic. Now you mentioned the challenges. Let's bring up something else that I'm sure you've had to deal with and what you guys were able to do to overcome it. Um, it's not a big secret anymore, but there is a digital divide Uh, in lower income housing or lower income neighborhoods. They don't have the same Wi-Fi. They don't have the 5G or the 4G. Even sometimes even the libraries are, you know, everybody has Wi-Fi issues they understand, but it's inconsistent enough where, A lot of kids have to have a hotspot just to even do their classes. Can you talk about some of those challenges and how you were able to meet some of those? Because, again, it's not completed. It's not not solved. And it's amazing for a lot of people to think that in a a large metropolitan area like Dallas-Fort Worth. But it's like this all over the country that there are people in neighborhoods who don't have the same Internet access that everyone else has.
3: Uh, once again, Chris, you are so, so in tune with some of the uh, challenges uh, that we face. I in try. Of, <laughs> uh, in terms of our community. I live in Oak Cliff. I, I, I see food insecurity. I see the lack of of, of having access to uh, equal opportunity for employment, high unemployment. I, 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 I live within that environment, and mm-hmm. one of the things that uh, the uh, pandemic, uh, it disclosed a lot of more information about things that we thought about, we felt that did not exist, it brought reality to the table. And what we found out is exactly what you just said, the di- digital divide. We had situations where um, one of our major technology companies, they were putting in uh, fiber optics and all that uh, technology to the north, mm-hmm. in the southern sector, very limited, okay? Mm-hmm. and I'm telling you, I know when the kids are in school because the Internet at my house gets compromised. So I can only imagine what's going on in the household of typically a single parent with multiple kids trying to get in on the Internet so they can keep up with their learning. So digital divide is a major issue not only in Dallas but throughout the country. So what we did, we have 364 passenger buses. We install Wi-Fi hotspot connection on those buses. Wow. And we can go into certain communities where m- many of our members come from. And if they're at home, guess what? They now have, they can plug into our Wi-Fi and have access.
2: That's amazing.
3: After school space.
2: That is absolutely amazing. No one would ever think of something like that. And how successful has this been?
3: Well, uh, it, we, we, we we see success in two areas. <clears throat> one, um it was in demand, and we were able to get uh, our parents to buy into the idea of logging on to the Wi-Fi. We wanted to make sure that we had uh, uh, protected walls around our Wi-Fi so it wouldn't be hacked, and uh, we had have a great technology support team uh, that allowed that. And so the parents were very appreciative. Of it. But also, we continue uh, with our... Um, what we call our independent school program where we're taking kids uh, far north to places like Hockaday and, and Episcopal School of Dallas and mm-hmm. Green Hill. Uh, they make the grade and they give an the opportunity to be uh, recruited into those schools. Guess what? They're on those buses and they have Wi-Fi connection.
2: Fantastic! So they can get so they can on the get portal the while they're riding the bus and be while caught they're up. Riding on. The bus. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely amazing. I love these feel good stories, and especially because it also breaks a um, old perceived conce- uh, a preconceived notion that maybe many have that the boys and girls clubs are just you know go out there and play some basketball in the gym and, you know, kill some time, get tired and come home and then do your homework. You guys actually provide services and do things educationally for a lot of kids. And can you talk about how the transformation over the years has occurred because uh, seriously, a lot of people when they just think boys, they think the boys' club, then they think the boys and girls' club, and they just think mm-hmm. it's a place like oh, you go down to the rec center and you just play basketball, or you go outside and you play kickball, or you're you know you're you're working on some uh, art and doing some coloring. There's much more that's going on, and you've just touched on some of it. Well, yeah,
3: we we went through a process of rebranding and making sure that we enhanced our brand to eliminate more and more people saying, Oh, we have no idea. We even ran a, a, a marketing campaign of we have an idea.
2: Okay. <laughs> so
3: we went from boys' club uh, starting in nineteen sixty five, we added girls in nineteen ninety, boys and girls mm-hmm. uh, club. And uh, and to this very day about fifty four percent of our membership uh, are are male males and uh, the other the balance forty four uh, percent are females. And so when we look at our college-bound uh, programs, uh, it's predominantly uh, by far 80% females, okay? So we've got to work on that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yes, we have had some um, good uh, results from a messaging campaign that we put out. Uh, in fact, Chris, when I took over 15 years ago, when I announced that we were going from rec centers to education centers, do you know I lost staff with that announcement? Because they were of the old school of sports. Wow. And they felt that they could not transition the uh, the, 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 the club into a learning center. Mm-hmm. And I said, our priority is going to be academic. Uh, and then kids who are showing progress in their uh, academics, yes, they will have an opportunity to get into some of the more fun stuff like sports, uh, volleyball, basketball, mm-hmm. football. Um, and so we were able to, uh, and we ended up getting more and more membership to the table. Why? Because guess what? If your mama say, you're you going to the Boys and Girls Club, who's going to argue?
2: <laughs> exactly. Right? Yeah. And uh, so Kids will look forward parents, to it. And yeah, the parents would, su- would suggest it. Absolutely. And so... So, so, so the
3: kids bought into the idea that knowledge is power.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And so we've been doing this for 10 years. We led the country in, in terms of academic performance, where 100% of our high school kids who commit to our uh, college program uh, will uh, finish uh, school on time. Those who pursue uh, other careers, like in military or law enforcement, or in technical careers, they would at least finish high school on time. And uh, we had like a 96% um, advancement rate, meaning that kids are in elementary and middle school, they're advancing to the next grade level on time. And how do we know that? Because we're one of a few partners of DISD that that has been able to get an an approved um, dual – it's a dual um, reporting system that they allowed us to – to to uh connect with Mm -hmm. so 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 we have data sharing so that put us into real-time issues with kids whether it's disciplinary or whether it's academic so when they come to the club we know specifically where that kid is academically or in in terms of their behavior
2: this is outstanding it's the evolution of the boys and girls club we're speaking with mr charles english he is the ceo of the boys and girls clubs of dallas or greater dallas and you, you were talking about the transition of just being more than a rec center. And yet you still have the endorsement of not only the parents. I know you still have the endorsement of some great athletes who over the years grew up in the Boys and Girls Clubs. And that was part of their foundation to being successful in uh, professional sports. I'll give you one example. Spud Webb, Dallas-Fort own okay. Spud Webb, who uh, grew up in went, Lancaster, grew up in the Boys Club. His number was just retired by Lancaster High School. That's where he went to school. Number four is retired okay. now. Spud that's is a right. legend, and I'm sure that a lot of these athletes have been given back over the years as well. Can you talk about maintaining those relationships as well? Because I think that's huge.
3: Oh, absolutely. And um, let me just tell you, Spud is still involved with the Boys and Girls Club. He is our spokesperson uh, for promoting golfing Yeah. in uh, the Boys and Girls Club. That's his new teachers.
2: passion. That's his passion that's over the last years.
3: 15 years. Yeah. Yes, and so yes, we continue to get a lot of support uh, from the mass. As I spoke to you and saw you at the most recent uh, event, and Josh uh, was able to designate Boys and Girls Club uh, as his charity of choice for a nice uh, gift. Uh, These individuals they invite us to their um, uh, to their um, what they call during the summer, like um, the football. Um programs mm-hmm. and the basketball programs. And uh, we are also invited to the Major league baseball uh, initiative, which is a national uh, initiative uh, for um, Major league baseball with the Texas Rangers. And uh, we get invited to not only the games but also to some of the athletes that um, that meet with our kids, that come to the clubs and uh, visit our clubs. and their primary, uh, focus is to help our kids understand the importance of education.
2: Yes. It's, it's a great partnership. And again, kids, you know, they're, they gravitate towards what they think is successful or what they perceive, or all oh, these are heroes or these, this is cool or this is not cool. And it's great that some of their heroes are the people they admire, the people they read about, the people they see online, the people they see on television are touting your education and the power of knowledge. So once again, let's talk about these, this evolution because I think it's so important. I think it's also outstanding for a lot of people to know where you are at this particular time, you know, going through this pandemic. The pandemic's not over, and yet, I'm going to use the word that everybody uses, you were able to pivot. Can you talk about – can you give us a story about uh, – I, I, you've been successful with the pivot, but some of the difficulties because sometimes things just don't happen overnight. I, I know, like you said um, – Sometimes you might have been able to take a step backwards to take three steps forward and, and you were able to get things done because you had some things in place. Could you give us a story of, of overcoming an obstacle over the last oh, year and a half or so?
3: Oh, absolutely. Good question. Um, and, and and let me just uh, say, uh, when I look at the term pivot,
4: mm-hmm.
3: um, I, I think of basketball and when you establish your pivot foot. Yeah. You come back to the same place though you're not moving forward
4: mm-hmm.
3: and if you uh if you lose your pivot, then you're penalized right mm-hmm. well, exactly we Traveling. we we transitioned and um one of the things that uh, we felt uh was important uh was for us to um, let our donor uh, population our our investors we call them to know that we were going to um practice all of the protocol of the CDC to enable us to um, to move through this pandemic. We thought it was going to end in a year, 2020, 2021, same thing, and 2022 looking like it's a ditto. And the challenges we had was how do we continue to deliver programs to our kids when they can't play sports, right, mm-hmm. because of the uh because it just allowed for more spread of the uh, the virus, right? So, so how do we keep the kids uh, entertained? So we were able to come up with various types of games, virtually speaking, mm-hmm. that the kids could play. We uh, expanded our arts program so that the kids they would come into the club from the school had something to do to to motivate their creative um, their creative minds in the in the world of arts. We were able to also uh help the kids understand that uh, this is only a moment in time, and one of the biggest challenges yes. that we addressed was the mental health issue
4: mm-hmm.
3: so 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 case in point on that we sent our staff to training on social and emotional learning as well as mental health in fact, I gave my staff one week off during the holidays paid and 2020, 2021 uh, for their mental health. Don't think about work. Don't think about your commitment to the Boys and Girls Club. Think about you and make sure that when you come back in the next year that you're coming back fresh and renewed because we need that energy. We need that creativity and we need them to continue to motivate our kids of the importance of coming to the club as well as working with the parents who are also going through a lot of stresses. So that was one area that I guess I had to grow to appreciate, and that was how this pandemic was stressing our kids out and yes. and, and, and they're not being able to have some tools to reflect or deflect the impact of being isolated from their friends and from things that they enjoy doing.
2: You know, That's you're exactly right. I'm glad you brought this up because we can take some time on this. People think about themselves and how they weren't necessarily able to be at their office or their job or their work. Right. And then they forget that their friends were becoming isolated because I'm talking about the kids, their friends, they weren't able to do the things that they normally do or they had to do it a different way. And, right. and little kids don't know that, like you said, this is just something that we're going through right now. We don't know how long it's going to last, but it's not forever. Even even the flu virus back in the nineteen twenties, uh, right. you know, we, we were able to get a, a handle on that. So I like the way that you're ex- explaining about the emotional and mental well-being of not only parents and your staff, but Kids are very, very important because there is a trickle-down and there is a blowback that we all need to be prepared for. You got it. Perfectly said. I mean, we just have to be aware that we're all in this thing together. And we see it on so many different levels. And I'm only going to bring this up because I want everybody to know the role that everyone plays in society, including the Boys and Girls Club of Greater Dallas. You see it when you see a news story about, oh, there's, there's a fight on an airplane passengers fighting with the flight attendants, or you hear mm. about people, you know, road rage, and it's at an all-time high, or people just snap. They say, what happened? They just snapped. Well, yeah. there's some unusual pressures going on in everyone's lives, and how you adjust to the situations. and again, it may have nothing to do with you personally. Someone else is lashing out because of something that has absolutely nothing to do with you. And then Absolutely. let's say the parents or the family, the older brother or sister are lashing out at home and it trickles down to the kids who normally would be at the Boys and Girls Club or normally would be at school and then you expect them to do things the way they did in 2019. That's not realistic. Absolutely. And how can a child
3: learn if their mind's preoccupied with, I hope my mom or dad, grandma, whoever their caregiver they not uh, come down with COVID. Right. If they come down with COVID. That's going to have impact. But these kids, they're worried mm-hmm. and they're concerned.
2: They really are. They and may so not talk about it, but they are. They have access to all things, not just on you know online, because not everybody has you know perfect Wi-Fi. But they have access to television. They have access to more things, books, things that we never had when we were growing up and you cannot pretend that they don't have a notion. It may be a right notion or a wrong notion, but they have a notion.
3: Absolutely. I can give you an example of one of our programs that proved to be incredibly impactful. Um, I I just felt that um, our young ladies are not given the opportunity to really um, express uh, a lot of their uh, concerns and fears Mm -hmm. uh, as they're approaching college. And so we started a smart smart girl branding program, and it's headed up by some of the most talented uh, executive women you could ever imagine. And they meet monthly, and they allow a safe space for these girls to talk about how they are going to be the first in the family to go to college and how they're not going to be there with their, their, their mom to help uh, with the, the, the younger siblings. Or uh, if, They talk about the dating. They talk about Mm -hmm. drugs. They talk about sexuality and sex and trafficking and how you can um, be well aware of those things when you get to the college campus in terms of uh, what to look out for Mm -hmm. and to raise your awareness as to those things that, uh, that you may encounter when you hit that campus. Do you know, it's been three years now, and we're getting feedback now from kids, from some of our girls who are now, juniors in, in, in college saying thank you for giving us the skills to recognize uh, things that would not have gone well for us if we had decided to, to, to make some bad decisions.
2: Right. They and, they don't know unless you prep them. You know, they don't have any so, idea until it, and then by then it might be too late. So
3: now we're launching a formal program and uh, that you'll, uh, Be hearing about it. If you keep in touch with us uh, with um, our social media uh, outlets, we're going to be announcing Smart Girls Branding. And now that may beg the question, well, what about the boys? Mm -hmm. Yeah, good question. That is where I need help, Chris. I need to really uh, heighten the interest and the need to have more men to come to the table to engage in real talk with our boys, and to be long-term sustainable uh, mentors.
2: Yes, you you you, you need some you need my, some guys to step. That on my shoulder. Yeah, you need guys to step up and in an organized way to be a greater influence. In other words, be able to balance out some of the hearsay, some of the stuff that other kids say. That may or may not be true, or this is the way you get it done, or this is where we've been doing it, or whatever. And you enlighten them, and that's how—that's how there's there's real growth. That's how boys become men. So,
3: so I'm putting that on my shoulder. I have a short list of things that the CEO uh, has set out a goal to do, and mm-hmm. one of them is in the area of, uh, of male mentoring. And so we are going to put together a strategy to establish. Uh, an army of dedicated, concerned, and committed and respectful uh, men to help us in that
2: area. That is fantastic. Okay, you were mentioning some games that the kids had to play and, again, things you had to do online as opposed to physically being active, and I know it's a balancing act. Um, Have you done anything with video games. And I only bring that up because all kids have some level of expertise playing video games, whether it's Madden, whether it's NBA 2K. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of Mm -hmm. young kids that play Minecraft or Fortnite. And I think that might be a way of incorporating um, an opportunity to reach some kids and have a place for them to go where they can interact with their friends virtually on that level. I can
3: say uh, definitely at our club site we have uh, we have computer labs we oh, have nice. lots of computers and yes they do get on those games to interact uh, with those uh, particular uh, games a lot of sports game in the team centers we have uh, one of these huge sixty uh, four inch that screen tv where uh, multiple players can play look out and, uh, particularly uh, in the area of the Madden game the football and and the, and also basketball
2: mhm nba 2k yep.
3: you know uh, what uh, but, at the home, but at the homes that's something else we will venture into because yeah. i i i i put so much money let's just say a a a six figure plus number into increasing our technology last year Nice. Because I see the future is going to hold a lot of potential in that virtual world. Yes. Including um, creating relationships with other Boys and Girls Clubs across the country mm-hmm. to make sure that they can maintain, they can establish and maintain some friendship throughout the membership of the organization.
2: I'll give you one more thing to look into because you're talking about technology and, and reaching kids and had kids evolve into, you know, games and then they get the knowledge through the education. It's like almost the, the games sometimes are the honey that get the kids over to what you are trying to get done. There's, there's a thing called Oculus. I don't know if you're familiar with this it's kind of like a virtual world. It's kind of like, uh, you put these goggles on and then you're within the sport. Oh, yeah. You might, you might buy a couple of those. You'll, you'll have a line of kids out the door wanting to play that. I, you know what, uh,
3: the beauty of my job is to keep the vision alive and moving us forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2022 is an exciting year for us because we're going to get the kids back into uh, sports, but only intramural uh, leagues, only within the Boys and Girls Club, mm-hmm. uh, and we're going to provide the safety um, uh, protocols to the, to the parents who want to come out and see our kids you know, playing basketball or whatever. And so with this oculent, Uh I bet you uh the folks that the my director mm-hmm. of of athletics uh, is probably already looking into that and talking about that. They oh, come yeah. up with some incredible ideas. Oh yeah. And one thing we have learned in particular, especially with the teenage population, it gotta be relevant, fresh, and there gotta be an incentive associated with it.
4: Mm. Mm-hmm.
3: Exactly. And so we're constantly looking for for new ideas. So I'm going to follow up on that Oculus. Uh, I'm going to follow up on that and see if we're we're looking into it or that we in fact uh, we're doing it.
2: Yeah, check that mind, out. That's that's the mind, latest technology.
3: We're we're we're, we're at 35 locations, and and, uh, and 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 my staff is constantly kicking me out of the grass. So, <laughs> so so I don't know all the details of stuff that they're looking into.
2: Very good, but you can check up on them. Hey, so, so we are talking about 2022. Give us some yeah. ideas on some things you're looking forward to the Boys and Girls Club of Greater Dallas doing in 2022. There might be some goals or there might be some things already set that uh, people who are listening might want to get involved with.
3: Well, I'm going to speak uh, to our strategic plan. We okay. have a strategic plan that is established on a three-year basis. It started in 2013, and it creates uh, the objectives, the uh, goals, the strategies, the initiatives, and how we measure uh, how we're progressing along those lines. And uh, we just entered into a preliminary three-year plan going into 2022, 23, 24. And 2022 is growing with impact, growing with impact. That basically it says we're going to, in spite of all the challenges we have with COVID and now Omicron, we're going to continue to focus on recruiting kids back into the club. We're going to continue to build our relationship with DISD. Uh we we grew to thirty-five sites um prior to COVID and we're going to see a tremendous amount of opportunities to tighten our partnership with the ISD to grow more school based sites. That's number one. Number two, I spoke to our financials. We are financially sound. So we, that, by being that, we were able to uh, hire three directors full-time that will be director of teens, director of education, and director of operation. Nice. So we're taking it to the next level of growth spurt. We're at eight. We're at $7.1 million in terms of budget. We're going to grow to $8.1 million uh, in this year's budget, and we're going to increase our service to kids to get them back to the 1,800 kids a day where we left off in January of 2020. Uh, we're also going to establish uh, much more uh, accountability with our board members and then holding them accountable for helping us to um, raise money, to advocate on behalf of the kids, adopt a club. We got 35. <laughs> Just adopt, mm-hmm. adopt a site. And, you know, based on their level of comfort, go visit. You know, we got masks. We got N95s. We'll give you some gloves. Go visit the club site. So (laughs) it's engaging our our, our board member to come to the front line and see what's going on on the front line. Uh, And uh, we are, for the first time uh, in our history of 55 years, we are now uh, bringing on a top-level chief finance officer who's going to look at Future opportunities for more mergers and acquisitions. Excellent. Not sure if I shared this with you before, but we've expanded to Navarro County.
2: Look we have out, a huge
3: club not in Carson County.
2: Look out,
3: we're building a campaign to build these kids their first gym in a in a community of poverty.
2: That is fantastic news. Yeah, it sounds like you've got some really nice plans going on. If anyone wanted to get involved, volunteer, partner. With the Boys and Girls Club of Greater Dallas. Charles, what's a website that they can reach you guys at?
3: Oh, thank you. www.bgcdallas. B as in boy, G as in girl, C as in club, Dallas. bgcdallas.org.
2: I can't thank and you enough.
3: Go ahead. A lot of information out there on our website.
2: That is fantastic. It's always a pleasure visiting with you because we learn so much more and we also learn how you guys have stepped in the breach on a lot of situations with families. Again, thank you again for joining us, Charles, and we will have you back on again. Charles English, he is the CEO of the Boys and Girls Club of Greater Dallas. Thank you,
3: Chris. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
1: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
2: And joining us right now is the Senior Marketing Communications Specialist of the SPCA, Madeline Yehman. How are you doing, Madeline?
0: I'm doing great. How are you doing?
2: Wonderful. Long time no talk to, but I always enjoy catching up with you because pets are our friends, and there's so many pets and so many people who need each other, and you guys provide a wonderful, wonderful service for the SPCA of Texas. Can you talk about how the last year has been for you? Because I know everybody's dealing with the pandemic in different ways, and I know there's a lot of people either wanting some pets or wishing they can visit potential pets, and people just, I'm, I'm telling you, in, in a pandemic, I've noticed, personally, pets soothe households that have to deal with working at home or kids being home more often. Can you talk about some of those things?
0: So, yeah, well, the the past year has been very busy for the SBCA of Texas. You know, despite what's going on with the pandemic, we've continued to find homes for hundreds, thousands, hundreds of animals and we're working so hard to kind of get ourselves back up and running uh, coming out of the pandemic and so we're getting to a place now where we're getting back to offering all these wonderful services for people and I think yeah right now is a great time to adopt whether you're still able to work remote and you know have your pet at home with you or even if you do have to go back to work we have kind of we have pets that are going to be okay with that, too. So now is a great time to find a new family member or get involved in so many other ways.
2: Let me say the official phrase about the SPCA of Texas. Founded in 1938, the SPCA of Texas is the most comprehensive and longest-serving animal welfare agency in North Texas. The mission is to provide every animal exceptional care and a loving home. Now, I also noticed, and you can break this down a little bit, because of the pandemic, there were actually some some families that didn't know what they were going to have to do with their pet, that they didn't want to, you know, give the pet up, and you guys actually provided a service, or you still do?
0: We still do. So we have our Russell H. Perry Pet Resource Center, and even before the pandemic, throughout the pandemic, and as of right now, we are still providing services for so many pet owners that have fallen on hard times. Mm-hmm. We provide pet food assistance. We provide housing assistance. We provide medical assistance. So we work really hard to give the pet owners the resources that they need so they're not coming to that tough decision of, do I have to surrender my pet? And I think the last I heard is that we were providing over 600 families with pet food assistance. Um, so we are... Rocking and rolling with that. We are really excited to be you know able to help the community and help these pet owners so that we can keep pets in homes.
2: wow. you you mentioned something. I, I want you to stop down and explain this a little bit more because a lot of people may not know this. We know, you know about food banks for people who may have issues with hunger. But no one really thinks about pets and you may not have enough to take care of your pet. You provide some food. For, for pets?
0: Yes, we do. Yes, we do. So it's it's usually on a, t- you know, a temporary p- basis. Sure. It's not going to be, you know, we're going to provide your pet food forever. But let's say um, you have a loss of income or a change in your life or you're not able to afford p- food for your pet, we'll step in and we'll work with you to kind of figure out how long we can continue to provide you that pet food and connect you with other resources if that's where that goes. So it is, we are almost kind of like a pet food bank for those that mm-hmm. are needing needing pet food and can't afford it.
2: That is absolutely amazing. Again, you guys are just a, such a well-rounded organization and have been around for so long. But for those who don't know, it's not like you're part of... Um, the city of Dallas or the state of Texas, the federal government—you're uh, not getting operating funds. It's not like you're a local agency. You're a nonprofit, right?
0: We are. We are a five hundred one c three nonprofit, which means we do not receive any government funding from the city, from the state. Um, most of our uh, operating funds come directly from fundraising, which means wow. that comes from donations. It comes from donations from our community. And so without that, we would not be able to do all of this amazing work we do. So we always just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you to everybody that donates to us, whether it's $5 or $100, every dollar counts, and it goes directly towards helping animals at the SPCA of Texas and all of those programs and services that we provide.
2: So a lot of people come to you guys because you rescue stray animals and you're able to take care of them and provide, you know, a little bit of of love before you hook them up with a new family can you talk about how that process changed a little bit during the pandemic or was it was it a little bit harder was it the same the the same operating procedures where you know you found some pets that needed some love or there were some strays in a neighborhood and you were able to take them in can you talk about that operation
0: so our operations still went strong and are still going strong throughout the pandemic our animal cruelty investigations unit Continued to respond to complaints of cruelty throughout the pandemic. Um, you know, animals that come through our doors, we've continued to work to find them new homes throughout the pandemic. So we we definitely our work has not stopped, and it will it will not stop as long as there are animals in need. We're always going to be here to provide for those animals.
2: Now, a few years ago, before we found our, our pet dog hero. I brought my kids out there. Oh, I think we came out for like a month. We were just out there visiting with the with the dogs, and you had some cats. And I was wondering, are those visitation hours still the same? Is it still the same thing that you do? I was just wondering, um, you know, since the pandemic, if that situation changed at all.
0: It did for a period of time, but we are now open to our normal hours, so that is every single day. From 12 p.m. to 6 p.m., we are open for adoption. So you can come to our Jan Reese jones Animal Care Center in Dallas. Like I said, it's any day from noon to 6 p.m. Those are our adoption hours. You can come meet pets, browse pets, Mm -hmm. uh, do meet and greets with them, kind of walk around, get to know maybe what type of pet is going to be a good fit for you. But one thing I did want to talk about that's new is that we have another location, which is our Ellis County Animal Care Center in Waxahachie, and that will be opening for adoptions beginning on February 2nd. So um, that is our location, like I said, in Waxahachie. Um, We also take in stray animals throughout uh, the area of Ellis County at that location. That's what we've been primarily doing, but we're now at a place where we're able to offer adoptions at that location as well. So adoptions at our Ellis County Animal Care Center are going to be offered each week from Wednesday through Saturday from 12 p.m. to 4 p.m. Adoptions are going to be first-come, first-served. So if there's an animal you really want, you'll want to get there early. Um, Regular adoption fees are $150 for puppies and kittens, which Mm -hmm. are age zero to six months, and $75 for adult dogs and cats, which are six months and older. That is a great price. Oh, absolutely, especially including everything that comes with a pet when you adopt. Mm-hmm. Um, they're already spayed, neutered. They're up to date on all of their vaccinations. We've done heartworm tests for dogs and FEIV, FELV tests for cats. We do flea tick preventative, heartworm preventative, their microchips. And it, there are so many other perks that come with adopting from the SBCA of Texas so, it's definitely a great deal. It's a great adoption package to really get people set and started with their new pet. And I just want to say if if people want to browse these adoptable pets and mm-hmm. see you know, kind of get to know them online, uh, that's a great place to start. Yeah, you can actually browse yeah, and you can browse by location. So you can browse if you're wanting to look for animals at our Dallas location. you can see animals just there. You can see animals at the Ellis County location or you can even see animals that we have available in foster homes, and you can do that at spca.org slash adopt. And then again, especially since our Ellis County Animal Care Center, uh, not as many people are aware that we have that location. If you're needing to figure out where to find that, where to find us, you can go to spca.org slash locations. We have all of our locations listed there with their hours, directions. We even have maps on there so you know where to go. So it's a great place to get started if you're looking for a new pet.
2: This is absolutely awesome. And you and I were talking a little bit before we started the interview on the air that, you know, not only are you guys there for people and people can browse online, and that's what a lot of people do nowadays. I mean, thanks to Amazon, you know, everybody's looking at stuff first online. and <laughs> uh, even it applies with pets. But you guys, this is like perfect timing for you to be on the show because literally, the February adoption special is right around the corner and people who are looking for a pet, looking for somebody to love someone to be in their household. Can you talk about what's going on from February 1st through the 28th? Because I think this is just something to know.
0: Oh, we are so excited. So it's kind of like the month of love at the SBCA of Texas. So like you said, from February 1st through 28th, all adult dogs and cats, like I said, those are six months and older. At our Jan Reese Jones Animal Care Center in Dallas and our Ellis County Animal Care Center in Waxahachie will only be $14 to adopt.
2: Hold on, so hold on, hold is, on, hold on. Did you say
0: $14? Only $14 to adopt and like all all those same wonderful things that you get when you adopt, you're now getting for $14 through the month of February. We have so many animals looking for homes and valentine's day with february being all about love it's the perfect time to bring a new pet into your family and find that love and have them give you that love in return so we're really hoping that people take advantage of this amazing special and come out and adopt and find their new you know their new best friend and fall in love with them
2: okay wait a minute i am really smart i try to put one and one together and get two it's fourteen dollars because for February fourteenth is Valentine's Day. Yes,
0: February fourteenth is Valentine's Day. But nice instead of just instead of just doing one day, we're like, no, we're going to do the whole month. Yeah. it's going to be a whole month of love at the SPCA.
2: I love it. I love it. It reminds you of February fourteenth, which is Valentine's Day. It's reminding you of the month of love, and again, everybody loves a pet. I mean, especially the ones. Who needs your love? You guys provide such a, a, a low-key service. I think, I think people really didn't appreciate pets until the... I'm serious. A lot of people didn't appreciate pets until the pandemic when they found out, wait a minute, things are going chaotically in the outside world, but when I get home, my pet still loves me no matter what.
0: Absolutely. Our pets, for so many people, pets are our family members, mm-hmm. and I think... Throughout the pandemic, there was so much uncertainty. There's so much hardship for so many people. And pets are there to just provide you that unconditional love and support that so many of us need. I mean, I personally have pets. I think everybody that works at the SBCA of Texas, we all have pets. And they are just our, our pride, our joy. We love them so much, and we love connecting families with those new Pets and helping them find that love that is just so important.
4: Okay.
2: Talk about the shelter sweethearts. I think this is also pretty cool, especially with the month of February coming around.
0: It is. So we have our wonderful shelter sweethearts. There's some extra special pets. Um these pets are longer residents at our shelters. Mm-hmm. So they've you know, that means that they've been with us for a little bit of time and we're really determined to find them loving homes because they're all wonderful animals. Yes. Um, And one thing that's great about our shelter sweethearts is they have sponsored adoption fees, which means it's even easier to take them home. And all of our shelter sweethearts also come with this extra special perk of six weeks of free on-demand training and support through the Good Pup Training app. So you're basically saying you'll
2: be able to train up the the dog that you adapt, the, uh, the shelter sweetheart?
0: Yes, and what's really cool about this, this app is it's on your phone and it's on demand. So you can message with, you'll get assigned a, you know, a behaviorist or a dog trainer and you can actually directly message them and ask them questions, get support, come up with like a training plan. So it's a really cool service, especially if you're adopting a new pet. It's a really great way to build that bond with your pet and help them get settled into their new home. And like I said, that's six weeks of free on-demand training that you get when you adopt a shelter sweetheart. So it makes it so much easier for you to help them transition into your home, and they're there to answer any questions or support you with any kind of training or behavioral you know concerns that you might have because as we know you know pets coming from a shelter into a home there's an adjustment period yes there's an adjustment period for them and this service we're really just hoping is going to help families better connect with their pet and better get them settled in and you know healthy shelter sweethearts find their loving home because so many of them they're just great dogs they have so much love to give and you know they're just getting overlooked they're getting overlooked at the shelter And we're really just wanting to find those great families for them. Is there something special
2: on the website that can like identify while you're browsing and looking at the different pets that may be available that may be saying, well, this particular dog is a shelter sweetheart? Is there like an icon?
0: Yes, there is. So there is a special little icon on the shelter sweetheart's photos. So when you're on our adoption website, you'll be able to scroll through, see the photos there's going to be a little purple heart that says Shelter Sweetheart on it. That's how you know that they're a Shelter Sweetheart. And also in their bio online, we'll mention that they're Shelter Sweetheart and what that means and what kind of extra perks they come with. So definitely browse online. Check out those Shelter Sweethearts because they are, they're great animals and they deserve love. And, you know, we really want to find them these great, loving homes that we know that there are families out there for them. And we're just determined to find them.
2: We're talking with Madeline Yaman. She's the uh, Senior Marketing Communication Specialist for the SPCA of Texas. And we were talking about, like I said, I took my family out to one of the facilities and we visited with some of the pets. And we're talking about how people can visit and look at some of the different pets that might be available online. But this is 2022, and I know there's something out there that a lot of people may not even know that you guys do. You guys bring some pets to you. It's almost like you can go to a pet event. You guys do a mobile thing. Can you explain that for everybody who's wondering, okay, I may not be able to go out to the facility. I might not be able to check it out online, but, hey, there's an event going on with the SPCA
0: yes we do we are back in the community we took a little bit of a hiatus during the peak of the pandemic but we are back in the community and hosting our mobile adoptions events it's so exciting Mm -hmm. we're hosting them almost every weekend at different locations a lot of times they're at pet smart locations and so you can actually visit spca.org events there we have all of our upcoming mobile adoption events and what location they're at And actually, if you follow us on social media, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or on TikTok, we're actually sharing, you know, what upcoming events we have. And we're also sharing a lot of times what pets will be at these uh, adoption events. Mm -hmm. So definitely, if you don't follow us on social media, get on there because we're sharing, you know, here's what animals we're going to have at this adoption event on this day so that you can see, oh my gosh, I want that dog so bad. I know exactly where I need to go, where I need to be so that I can go adopt that dog. So we're out and about, and we really are excited to be doing that. And we want people to come and visit us at our mobile adoption events and hopefully fall in love and take a pet home with them.
2: You know, I'm I'm looking at all the different services you guys offer, and there's always something that, like, wow, I didn't know. You know, everybody's got a pet. Has to go to the uh, vet sometimes, but sometimes the animal hospital might be full. I didn't know you guys did dog surgeries.
0: We do. So we focus on spay and neuter. Mm-hmm. And our Myron K. Martin Spay and Neuter and Wellness Clinic, which is in Dallas, is offering spay and neuter surgeries for dogs and cats. Now, these are low cost spay and neuter surgeries. So this is going to be a lower cost okay. we you would get at a private veterinary clinic because we're wanting to make it more accessible to pet owners. Um, we're going to do spay and neuter surgeries for dogs on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Spay and neuter surgeries for cats, including trap neuter return cats, are available on Fridays. And you can make your appointment online at spca.org slash clinic services or by calling 214 742 7722. And like I said, that that website with our clinic services, that'll give you pricing, that'll give you all the information you need to know about what you need to do to be prepared for your pet spay-neuter appointment. And spay-neuter is so important because mm-hmm. it helps reduce the number of unwanted litters and helps spread the... Um, sure. It helps prevent that pet overpopulation that we see. So that's definitely... You know a service we're super excited to be offering and we really hope that people take advantage of these low-cost services
2: oh and it seems i'm looking at this it's it's very convenient same day pickup service as well in other words you can have the surgery on the same day and pick up your pet later that afternoon
0: yes that's how it works you usually you drop your uh, pet off in the morning Mm -hmm. and then you come pick them up the same day we give you everything you need to know about their aftercare We'll check in with you, make sure your pet is recovering, and we we provide all that support that you need for that. So it's a very quick, easy process, and it's it's just it's a great thing to do as a responsible pet owner because it will not only make sure that you don't have any unwanted litters, but it has been shown that pets that are spayed or neutered tend to live longer, healthier, happier lives, that we will always advocate for you to get your pets spayed or neutered because it is, it is the best thing for their health.
2: Very nice. Well, before we get you out of here, I've got to ask you to tell everybody about the return of the Strut Your Mutt.
0: Yes, so Strut Your Mutt is uh, the Race to End Animal Cruelty, which Mm -hmm. is presented by VCA Animal Hospitals and Hills Pet Nutrition. It's going to take place on April 30th at Fair Park in Dallas from 8 a.m. to 12 p.m., so what Strut Your Mutt is, is it has kind of two components. There's a 5K timed race at 8 a.m. Yes. And a 3K fun run and walk at 8.15 a.m. But what's really cool about this event is that you can actually bring your pet to it and ju- to join you at this event and mm-hmm. walk or run with your pet. And the whole goal of Strut Your Mutt is is to raise funds and raise awareness about animal cruelty in North Texas. Our animal cruelty investigation unit responds to thousands of calls to rescue abandoned or neglected animals, many resulting in criminal convictions in multiple North Texas counties. And the community support for Strut Your Month is part of what makes this possible. It's a family friendly event. We have vendors there. Mm-hmm. We have other activities. And we really want to encourage people to register, and you can actually form a team and fundraise. So this is something that you can do with your family, your coworkers, like with group your friends. So if you want to learn more about Strut Your Mutt, you can uh, visit ghoststrut.org. From there, you'll be able to start your registration. Registration for a 5K runner is $40, and a 3K fun runner or walker is $35. Once you've registered, you can join a team, you can start your own team, you can even set up your own personal fundraising page and share that with your friends and family and explain why you want to support the SPCA of Texas and get people to rally behind you.
2: And see, Madeline, that's why we have you on, because you are just a wealth of information about the SPCA of of Texas. we got to get you back on again closer to the event. Will that work?
0: Absolutely. We would love to talk about that. We always have So many things going
2: on. Fantastic. Hey, Madeline, thanks again for joining us. And thank you for listening to Better Living. I'm Chris Arnold. Be sure to tune in next week as we highlight other organizations and events happening right here in
1: DFW. So long, everybody. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof?